Hello everyone, this is ETH Podcast. Today I'm a special Dr. No One. I have been on her podcast and now she's returning the favor. How do you feel about Harry Potter? <sighs> I'm a huge Potterhead, so I can talk endlessly for hours, days, months about this and never get bored. It's kind of like the same thing. Like, uh, I mean, I know I'm an insane Harry Potter, like Potterhead person. Um, funny fact, actually, Ali, you like to buy your merch. Yes. And uh, like people get so kind of like nervous about getting me gifts that they only get me Harry Potter gifts. What's oh, the best kind of gift? All the collectibles that I have are gifts. The best kind of gifts. I got the coins. These I are not the, cheap either. They're not exactly like so they're like, not cheap either. Yeah. I got the coins twice and I got the... Um, the bookmarker yeah like all the houses Ooh. I got it twice it's or the metal ones the metal ones oh. like it's I know it's expensive and I'm kind of like I appreciate the Harry Potter gift I got the Quidditch box oh yeah I've seen you post that once yeah it's beautiful so I'm very excited about that I don't know how they, how they carried that because I saw it once in Universal this stuff is like big <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoever carried it really loves you <laughs> That's very heavy too, like the the quaffle themselves. Yeah. Okay, so um, I want to start of like just a simple question to show gratitude, like and what you what are you grateful? Mm. Yeah, what do you owe Harry Potter? Kind of in a way. I mean, I owe Harry Potter a lot. It got me through a lot of hard times. Mm-hmm. Cause like growing up, I was an easy target for bullying. Uh, Harry Potter was my escape of like this fantasy world that you can immerse yourself in uh, away from the harshness of reality even now as an adult mm-hmm. where you go to Harry Potter and it's your escape you're just immersed in this whole other world of whether it's magical creatures whether it's like these spells these different communities of the wizarding world versus like muggles or whatever it just puts you in a different mood and a different atmosphere and it helps you kind of helps broaden your imagination mm-hmm. and think that hmm you know like yes I know this isn't real but why shouldn't it be yes <laughs> I'm still waiting on my Hogwarts letter at 26 it's fine it got head. lost in the mail yeah it got lost in the ma- because like there's this theory that the letters were burnt if you were born in a specific ages yeah because it was like the the wizarding war or the war the war yes so like yeah you know so I'm definitely like... We're victims. Yeah. I have magic blood in me. They just yeah. forgot about me, which exactly. is sad. But We were meant for greatness, but sadly. Yeah. <laughs> sadly, we're here talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, I always thought this theory that J.K. Rowling is kind of like Rita Skeeter. And <laughs> she's she goes into the magical world and she, she sees like Harry Potter. Mm. And... She takes stories of that world and bring mm. it here. And she's like, they're muggles. They're not going to realize it. Yeah. I mean, in a way, uh, J.K. Rowling is every character. There's an aspect, I feel, because she's a writer. I feel like every writer does this, where every character is a part of who they are. Yes. Whether it's like the smart part of me, but I kind of emphasize that into a person. The cowardly side of me, but I make that into a person. I feel like in order to write characters the way that she did and how dynamic each character is you have to relate to these characters yes to make them feel relatable and and true 
I feel like that happens with, I, I mentioned that before in your own podcast, that it depends on the phases. I feel like J.K. Rowling went through a lot. Mm. And as she was going through, like she's fighting uh, depression, she's fighting being uh, poor and like having to take care of her own child. Um, so all of those emotions, she kind of like intif- intensified them and just projected them into the story. Mm. And um, every character is kind of specialized in one. Mm. And she has a lot of characters. I and feel it's like amazing. It's a chess yeah. pieces. Because, like, even her her true life impacted the story in a lot of ways. For example, um, and she was like, I almost killed Ron Weasley out of spite. She was going through some personal stuff. And she was like, I didn't have anything against Ron. But I felt like Harry was losing so many people in his life that I felt bad. So I just kept Ron around. Oh. So when he was choking on that potion, yeah. uh, he was supposed, to, he was meant to just die. Just completely I, burst. <laughs> okay, like I know but, about yeah. the Arthur Weasley one that she was she didn't kill him because like he was one of the actual good parents. Yeah, left. but no, no, no. She wanted she really wanted to kill Ron out of spite. And I know that Luna, if I'm not wrong, Luna was written and meant for uh, the actress that played her. What was her something Lynch? Eviana. Eviana Lynch. Eviana Lynch. Something like that. Yeah. It was meant for her. She was um. She was, she was sick. Anorex- an- anorexic. Anorexic. I think, yeah. Badly, she, she yeah. had anorexia or, like, bulimia or something. Yeah, and she told her if uh, you yeah. went over it or, like, if you... Yeah, uh, yeah, that I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to have... i your be- role, yeah. Yeah. And I think Luna was written specifically for her, which is great. Like, even though maybe it wasn't an aspect of her life, mm-hmm. like Luna, I mean, in a way it was because she wrote it for someone. Yeah. But I feel like it's amazing that you can... The power of literature and the power of Harry Potter that she got over her disease Mm -hmm. for this dream of hers to be in her favorite book series and to be involved in it. And it helped her overcome something so traumatic for anyone. So this book has helped so many people in so many different situations, including disease. Yeah, it's about connection. It's about inclusion because... Um, she has so many different people and different types and she made sure to kind of like involve the other cultures mm. uh, with the um, Triwizard t- Tournament for mm. example and like the World Quidditch Cup mm. like she made sure that other cultures are mentioned mm. uh, Padma and Patel as well and like all of those characters even mm. if they're like side characters she wanted to make sure that people saw themselves mm. as inclusive as possible as inclusive as possible and then later on when she went with the uh, play mm. and suddenly was like oh Hermione is kind of like I don't know here's the thing the play was approved by JK Rowling but it was not written by it her it was not written by her it was written by some two other fanboys and it was obvious that they never read the books I'm sorry if I'm the thing is them. I I don't know how I felt about the book because when I finished it I wanted to talk about it so much because I had a lot to say you didn't see the play no I saw it twice I want to it I didn't have the opportunity Maybe one day, but I did read the book as soon as it came out. I was in the states when it first came out, I couldn't and I, the book. I pre-ordered it. And I knew I wasn't going to see the play for God knows how, however long it may take. So I was like, I need to like catch up on this. Like, I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. So I got it the day it came out. I had pre-ordered it already. I picked it up as soon as it came out, and I finished it uh, the second day because I was sharing a room with my sister. She closed the lights. She forced me to go to sleep, <laughs> so I had to finish it the following day. But when I did finish it, there's a lot of things that could have made sense. And unanswered questions. So this is a spoiler for those who haven't read it <laughs> or seen it. So you might want to skip about, I don't know, one or two minutes. Um, 
the fact that Bellatrix Lestrange is the mother of what was her name? Delphi. Yeah. I mean, it made sense because Bellatrix was like obsessed with Voldemort. Yeah. It made sense to me. I got it. She's very persistent. I was hoping that they would explain that it was some type of magic that made this happen because like I cannot the love potion. You mean? N- no. Like. I don't think he can be tricked, though. I mean, I don't know, because to, to me, the idea of Voldemort having a companion just doesn't make sense to me. I know. I <laughs> it know. just does not make sense to me. So I was hoping that some kind of magic was involved in that creation of that child. Because um, that, you know, again, that doesn't make sense to me. The idea of time travel. Yeah. I enjoyed that very much. It would be amazing seeing it. Like, you have to understand yeah. that. Like, I bought the ticket one year prior. Like, there was people, you know, waiting in line. Like, you can see tiny Harry Potter walking until, like, it's your turn to book the Am ticket. Am I allowed to swear? No. No? <laughs> Although I did that in a couple of Albus is really annoying. I have, <gasps> I have so many words for him. But I find him to be very irritating. He's very entitled, bratty little craphead. I liked um, Scorp- Scorpius, right? Scorpius is my spirit animal. He's amazing. <laughs> He's my favorite and he is proof that not all Slytherins are bad by yes. the way I'm a Slytherin that's why she had to point it out mm. he's awesome and he ended up saving the day but the the effects of the play like the first the first time I went I was late like 15 minutes and I didn't see the opening and that kind of like killed me mm. so I had to see it again <laughs> and I, <laughs> I booked it again also like it was like two years apart mm. and I swear to god I had to like kind of like fish for a course mm. so my mom would accept me going to London at that time to s- because like I cannot tell her like I'm it's going like for coincidence her- yeah, like, I'm going for Harry Potter play like you're going what to not gonna happen so I was like okay I'm going to take this master like you know class for yeah. copywriting which I do as a job so <laughs> it's good. it was good and I went there and I saw the play and it was just yeah I feel like as a play it makes much more sense it's amazing. but parts like writing wise I mean you're supposed to like for example I mean Ron that's the thing Ron irritated me in this whole play like this is not what Ron Ron is not this like Like, it was exactly like they made Ron it's like they put Arthur Fred and George into one person and Ron came out and it's not even the Ron that we're used to it's just this really cheesy corny and it was insulting to Hermione that like in that uh, parallel universe where she's not with Ron she's just spiteful like s- Professor yeah. Snape kind of the relationship is very weird as well like reading it I felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. their relationship yeah. was just mm. I've never been a Ron and Hermione fan like as a for them as a couple mm-hmm. I was always rooting for Hermione and Harry I don't think that would have happened though I feel like it was I don't know I don't know I was always rooting for them rather than because like Harry even, demands even, a even lot JK of Rowling, attention. He okay. does. So but I feel like Hermione keeps him grounded, though. Yeah, but Hermione needs support as well. And Harry's going to be spin in his own drama. I don't know. I feel like they make a good balance. Whereas... Um, JK Rowling wanted to put them together, I think. Yeah, I mean, after the books were done, someone asked her about it. And she was like, I kind of regret my decision. Because like because she wanted they, to they kill Rowling out of spite. I don't trust her they now. They would have needed a lot of like couples therapy after it. Okay. Her words, not mine. But I do believe it. Mm. It was a bad match. <sighs> and and the play didn't help whatsoever. The it just made the whole thing help. cringy. That's why, like, a lot of people are kind of like, you know, let's pretend the play never happened. Yeah, they ruined the original characters. 
because in defense the of the play. I think those two people that wrote it did not read the books because the play is based completely on the characters you see in the movie, not on the yeah. characters you read in the book. Because Harry Potter has a lot of depth. Yeah, he would never say those words to his son because yeah. like he went through that. It was it broke me seeing that. Yeah, it broke me because like Harry went through a lot of shit. And he yeah. would never say those. He would never. He would make sure that his son never felt the way that he felt. I mean, it also puts Harry in a situation where reading the book or seeing the play, they make Harry kind of the villain. Yes. And having a bad relationship with his son. When in reality, I feel like Harry would have done his best to have a good relationship with his kids. Yeah. But like I said, Albus is just like a little entitled brat. When you see them together, like Albus and Scorpius, like on, on complete stage, opposites. It's, but it's amazing. Like their dynamic and their chemistry is hilarious. The Scorpius needs his own series. I swear <laughs> to God, there should just be a series about Scorpius. And even Draco, like the new Draco, is was good for mm. me. Like the play Draco was perfect. Like he something softened him. Like losing his wife softened him a little mm. bit, and like going through the trauma and like picking the wrong side and everything. Like you can see his character stay. I feel like true. the last book in the series kind of makes you sympathize with Draco for the first time mm. um, it was actually when he was like given the assign of killing yeah. Dumbledore this that is I when, started yeah, to this is when you're like no, oh he is a bully but he was he was put in the situation where his dad is a death eater uh, he's surrounded by evil people his aunt is like the craziest killer in, in the history of killers Bellatrix Lestrange is your aunt yeah. That's insane. Um, so you're you're surrounded by evil. You've never been raised to understand what good is. Mm-hmm. And when you had to kill someone who is good as Dumbledore, you realize that oh, I'm on the wrong side. Yeah. Like I'm killing this this guy who. But I feel like he needed that moment, like to open his eyes. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have never chose the right side. And he would have never have killed Dumbledore. This He's is why Snape capable. had to do it. He couldn't have done. It. He's not a killer. He's a jerk. He's mm-hmm. not a killer. Yeah. He's, I feel like he was misunderstood. Still a jerk, still a bully. <laughs> but he was misunderstood. And, and I blame it not on him, uh, kind of on the way he was raised and the environment he was raised in. He didn't yes. know anything other than that environment. Like, okay, the, the fun thing about Harry Potter is kind of like those characters are so built well that you can like take them and put them into your own situations. So that's what I started doing with fan fiction. Mm. I I was so interested in like Draco's background mm. and I wanted I remember writing the scene that like a lot of people were went crazy for mm. is that um I created a spell like a binding spell mm. where there is um kind of like the unbreakable vow but like you would have um a chain around your hand mm. so it would be a constant weight for you to keep that secret mm. and never share it and in in the story that I wrote um, like uh, Lucius Malfoy would always perform this on his own son because the ministry would come and do checkups on the manor and like they have to not mention the secret doors and like the dark stuff that they have mm. so he would feel the chain like wrapping around his hand mm. like kind of like dragons or something like that and he could not say anything mm. so I feel like he was abused in some way or the other because mm. he had to be that Malfoy mm. And, and this is something that you made up. Yeah. See, this is the beauty about fandoms. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whatever the fandom is, it, it gets your mind working and it makes you creative. 
And I actually you, never like shared that. Yeah, and in, but but here's the thing. I mean, everyone has their theories. Mm-hmm. Not everyone writes them down. Yeah. But everyone has their theories. A lot of people do write them down, based on like the theories that go out on YouTube or whatever of like the scenarios of like why would this happen? How would that happen? Some theories are true. Some theories are not are so far from the truth. It's like absurd. But it does get people to talk and move their brains like have something to talk about and 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 make their minds active and they will connect through it as and well and they will connect through it am i actually gonna like do a brief step i'm gonna share my fan fiction mm-hmm. like in the description which that would be interesting why not go crazy <laughs> you're a writer you should embrace that even if it's with fan fiction i mean it's not exactly a good example but for example you have things and this is a terrible example 50 shades of gray yeah it is a fan fiction it, it started it, as a bella and edward fan fiction it started as a fan Twilight. fiction uh and it was originally vampires mm-hmm. as far as i know because yeah, i remember Twilight. i remember before the book was published people were talking about it that it was this fan fiction about twilight and like vampires and whatever and then there was some kind of legal issue and they had to change it the, and make yeah, it she the had, normal work. Yeah, she had to change it into what it is now. Yes. I haven't seen it. I haven't read the books. I've heard about them. Not interested either. Mm-mm. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> but, you know, it's an example. But it, it worked out for the writer. Yes. Even though the movie has really bad reviews. <laughs> but like, but it got her out there. The characters themselves. Like, it's just... You can do so much with them yeah she ended up creating something brand new yeah and putting herself out there and getting recognized for it also rainbow roll i don't know if you read her books what is that uh rainbow uh she wrote fangirl and in fangirl there's like she's basically a girl who writes fan fiction Mm. okay and the fan fiction story that she's writes is kind of like based on harry potter Mm. and it got so popular like there's two guys like baz and snow Mm -hmm. which is kind of like harry and draco Mm. okay and it got so popular that she actually wrote an entire novel for them and it's a replica of harry and draco and she had to create a devil named i forgot what his name's kind of like replacing voldemort Mm. so it's still kind of like manifesting and it's still building and a lot of people are like depending on it yeah because it inspires people to write their own thing well, there's a question that we haven't, like, discussed in your podcast. What? But I wanted, like, it jumped at me and I want to discuss it, which is, like, books or movies. You can never get... I saw a picture once of this book with a CD cutout of it. Yeah, right? So, it's like a CD made of paper. But then you have a hole in the middle of the book. And a lot of it is not. And a lot of it on the edges is cut. Is like it's left like lost in out. translation. Like they have to make yeah. it into a picture. Because I go back. I, I keep using this as an example. Because a lot of people now relate to it. Which is Game of Thrones. I was very. Just like a lot of people. Was very disappointed with season 8. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Underwhelming. The writer himself. R.R. Martin. Uh, he said. He blames himself because he didn't finish the last two books. But he also said that in order for them to reach the ending that he wanted, they would have needed to make another four or five more seasons. Okay. And it's very expensive. The directors, forget expensive. HBO was willing to pay, by the way. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of legal issue for them to do season seven. 
Not oh. even eight. Like, they were going to stop at, like, six. But there was a lot of legal issue that you must continue at least another two seasons. But Dan and Dave, because they found other opportunities somewhere else, and they just had to stop Game of Thrones, so they freed themselves up. They mm-hmm. betrayed the whole series yeah. for their own gain. Okay. Um, That's HBO, what those yeah. people did with the play. I'm not going to, like, mention that. Yeah. HBO wanted to do more because... There's so much. And even then, R.R. Martin said that a lot... Because everyone knows that by season five, everything started to drift from the books. Mm-hmm. And already, a lot of things were different from the books. Like, there are characters who were dead in the books, alive in the series. Dead in the series, alive in the books. I haven't read the books, so I cannot actually... I'm not going to ruin it for you. But there are characters that are dead in the series, but are alive in the books. Okay. Yeah, they're alive. Um, so... In order for them to fit as much as they did in the past eight seasons, they needed to cut out so basically a bunch it of was characters. Movies over book or like show over book. They for me, I prefer books. I haven't read the books. I want to read them, mm-hmm. but I have read the Harry Potter books. Uh, the books just have another dynamic because they show they immerse you completely into the world. Yes. There's so much more detail that is left out. I mean, Winky. Winky. Winky is never mentioned in the movies. Look, if you Peeves if, was cut out from the first movie. I think it was yeah. the first or second movie. They filmed a Peeves scene and they cut him out. Like to people who are actually listening, like if you don't know Winky, I can tell that you haven't read the books because exactly. like, she was not she's she's a house elf by the way. And, and she, she represented anxiety and depression. Yeah. Like to the max. Yeah. Like drinking herself to almost death. Yeah, so it's like the books are better than the, sh- the movies or the shows or whatever because they tell you more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's not for everyone because not everyone is as invested. If you're not that invested and you just want it for the sake of entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, by all means, go for the movies and the show. But if you really want to understand why some people are so obsessed, not only do you need to read the books, but you really need to get into, uh, on the interviews and the, like... The, the in-depth, like, for example, with Pottermore. Yes. There is a lot there more, that are not in the More, and she keeps releasing, books. like, more stories. Yeah. Like, with, for me, uh, because I have experience, in, like, in script writing and mm. writing scenarios, uh, so, like, I would write a story and then I would have to transform it into a script mm. to make it a movie. Mm. Uh, so, I, I, it's very difficult for me to mm. kind of, like, move from feel to show mm. so with harry potter you can actually feel his emotions and you you go with them as you read it but mm. when you see it it's just like him kind of like scrunching his eyebrows you know what i mean because yeah. like you're not inside of the character's head so a lot is lost in translation mm. because they can't show everything i mean i have a question for you mm-hmm. that i forgot to touch on on my podcast but i'm gonna ask you anyway because okay. it's a good question book versions of the characters or movie versions of the characters. For example, Ginny Weasley. The biggest controversy controversy of all. Movie Ginny pisses me off. Movie Ginny is just a girl who has a crush. She's a bimbo. But like Book Ginny, she has character. Book Ginny is like a strong, independent woman that don't need no man, but (laughs) she wants the man. Not because she needs him, but because she wants him. And she's kind of like raised by Fred and George. So add that to the mix. And she's just like sarcastic, witty, um, just... But in the movies, she's just plain annoying. She's just like stood there and was like, oh my God, Harry Potter. Like, no. And their scenes together were just... Awkward. Oh, awkward. 
awkward, awkward and cringy. They were never like that in the books. Yeah. They were never that cringy and awkward. And in like the book. they didn't show Harry's point of view, like Harry's interest in her. It was only her like like she was interested in him and that's it. That's she wasn't all always she portrayed. was always interested in him. Since the beginning. She always had a crush on him. Yeah. But then there was that moment where But there is that dynamic of her relationship with Dean and how yeah. this is when Harry started to realize that okay she's, she's not looking at me anymore. What's happening? I lost the attention, now I want it back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I love how realistic the relationships are. Like, mm. in the movies, they don't come across that much. But in the books, especially, like, Ron and Hermione. Like, when Ron is like, oh, you're a girl. And Hermione <laughs> is like, what? No, duh. Yeah. Like, the emotional range of it. Like, a teaspoon. Like, that was just <laughs> the most amazing cuss word that you... Or, like, you know, an insult that you, you can don't, say to You people. don't... You're not a true fan if you don't know what that reference is for. Yes. <laughs> it is just amazing. Um, there's like um, I went to Jap- the Universal in Japan, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing experience because like Japanese go all out, like they were actually dressed and like they would um, uh, kind of like match their outfits with their friends. So you'd oh. see a group of people wearing like Harry Potter cloaks. This is what I love about Asian culture: is they're not ashamed. You you see of anything, even if they're adults, they're like. They allow themselves to act what, however they want to act. You have fully grown adults and Hello Kitty merch. Yes. And no one looks twice at them. It was an No one cares. Experience. It's normal. It's completely normal. They have airplanes dedicated to Hello Kitty. Like I went to this, um, to the Warner Bros. Studios in London. Mm. And it was an amazing experience. But at the same time, like I... I don't think it was the same. It's different. The expression it's is different. It's different, yeah. Self-expression. Like it's okay. It is okay. Yeah. And that's what we discussed in your podcast. It's just kind of like you know not being bullied or judged mm. for just loving what you Yeah, I went love. to Universal in Orlando and I was wearing a Severus Snape shirt. It had his face on it and it said always. I was just walking around and people were showering me in compliments. They're like, "Awesome shirt. Great shirt. Love your shirt." Just everyone walking by and just like saluting my shirt. Yeah. And I was like that Hogwarts is my home. Yes. I bought uh, the robe, the Slytherin robe, and just wore it. was hot, mm. might I add. Orlando was humid and hot, but I didn't care. I got the robe. I wore it around. Mm-hmm. No one looked twice. If anyone looked at me, it was to give me a compliment. Yes. It was great because almost 90% of the people who were there were there because they were fans. So, like, people who weren't fans were there for the ride, and then they went home. Mm. They, didn't look, they didn't look in any judgmental way at anyone yeah and, like and the greatest thing experience. is the staff it's mandatory for the staff to portray this whole wizarding they show pride kind of yeah this they're not allowed to talk as quote-unquote muggles mm-hmm. they're supposed to talk as if it's real yeah so it's very immersive it's beautiful and then you buy this the interactive wand oh and yeah, you go I around saw that. you go around the park and just like waving it at a window and then something happens your snapshot that day was just like <sighs> I would keep like I could not skip a thing. I just wanted to see it. I all. didn't want that day to end. I didn't want that. Like, all my childhood dreams had come true that day. I saw Hagrid's bike. Ooh, it's beautiful. I'm still planning to go there. Like I remember when um, when you go to King Cross Station, and mm. then there's like the you know in the wall between the nine and nine. And Holy three crap! It's a long. It's line. a long line, but it's worth it. And then when I got there. And she's like, what house are you? And it's like, Ravenclaw. And they started like going insane. It's like, finally one of us. Because like apparently everyone there is like my My parents, uh, when we went there, because they're not exactly young, but they're not old either. But it's a long walk. So they would get these like 
disabled like motorbike thingies. Yeah. And my mom was on it that day. And we would take it for rounds. You know, whoever was tired was just riding, joy riding around the park, whatever. And my mom was on it. And they allowed us to skip the entire line because <gasps> they thought, a disabled okay. pass. All right. So she got to skip the line. But me and my sister wanted to go through that invisible wall thing. We stood in line. Okay. For, I think, about an hour and a half. To take the picture. Yeah, I think they they allowed us to skip it if I'm not. We were supposed to stay way longer there, but then they were like, "You know, oh, your parents are there." We we're like, we just wanted to pass through that like invisible wall thing. Mm-hmm. So by the time we crossed it, because it was half halfway, by the time we crossed it, they were like, uh, "Yeah, your parents are here. You can just skip the line." Cool. So we skipped. It. We could have skipped it from the beginning, but we wanted the full experience. You know what I mean? To yeah. go through that wall because it was in the line. Is it the veil or just the uh, nine three quarter? They had, like, this wall with, like, a hologram type of thing Mm -hmm. that you could go through as if you're, like, running through. But, of course, it's a line, so you're walking really slowly. Yeah. So we just went through the wall and then went on our merry way to the thing because we we already had a pass, a disabled pass to... Okay. It reminded me of the veil, like, when um, Sirius Black passed away. Uh, Similar, because it was, like, holographic type of thing, so Mm -hmm. you could see the other side. Yeah, but like that's the thing with with that scene for me it was just so traumatic because like what do you mean he passed through something and he's not there anymore like it took me I a cried. while I could not cry because I couldn't realize it I just it just I didn't cried. like and that's what I love about her because like that's the harshest way you can describe because I saw the movie before I read the book for for no, that I read for that book. part first and I couldn't understand it when did I understand this sadly when my grandmother passed away mm. because especially here you don't you don't there is no like cemeteries you don't go and visit the person so the person literally disappears I mean you so can now like, yeah but it felt like the veil back then mm. it was like serious disappearing I get it because when my grandpa and my uncle passed away I didn't go to their funerals because I had finals oh, yeah. so did my sister and the funerals were in Jeddah we were in London and we didn't yeah. even make so it. So my parents went and I was left at home with my siblings. So I couldn't go to the funerals. I couldn't say my like final goodbye before they were buried. So I kind of have to, had to kind of do that by myself and be like, you know, I, I hope that somehow you hear this. I don't know how the other side, because I believe in the supernatural. I believe yeah. that there is a world beyond death. Mm-hmm. Something in between death and like heaven and hell like whatever like there's something in between i yeah. believe in that full-heartedly so i was hoping that like by saying something that somehow it would, it would reach. reach him yeah. whether like because you know like before someone is buried they can hear everything until they're buried islamic wise yeah like either even hear like footsteps of people until they like leave yeah, the yeah, grave yeah. the burial site so i was hoping that somehow by saying something that it somehow would reach him I feel like... Like a distant goodbye yeah. that would reach him. By whether praying for him or something. Because mm. they say when you pray for someone, they hear it. Yes. I don't know how that works, obviously. But I was hoping that in that situation, this was my goodbye in a way. Mm. So, yeah, I get it. But it, it, to see someone death, disappear in front of you, yeah. that's like... And they discussed death like in different ways. Like they had the ghost. Like you wouldn't realize them at first because it's part of the magic. Mm. But once you kind of like when Harry was kind of hoping that Sirius is going to be become a ghost. Mm. And then he had, of course, that's in the books, not the movies. And then he meets nearly headless Nick. And he told him that like 
Sirius is not that kind of person. Mm. He's brave. He's going to cross through. Mm. So they dealt with death, or she, like J.K. Rowling, dealt with death in so many different ways. And I, I love that it's still kind of like suitable for kids. Mm. And then when you read it again as an adult, you would really you understand. I mean, the Dementors. The Dementors, it's just the like Dementors suck over. the life out of you. Yeah. They, they just make you a lifeless potato. You're not dead. You're, you're alive in a way. Mm-hmm. But you're just like a lifeless potato. And it represented anxiety and depression. Mostly depression. Mostly depression. Uh, but it just explains even mental health for you. That something like depression can literally suck the life out of you. Where you become an emotionless potato. And this is what depression is. You don't feel happiness. You don't feel sadness. You don't feel anything. You're just there. And you feel you like feel you're empty. not going to feel happy ever again. Yeah. Like that you was feel so empty. betrayed. Well. And it's... I mean, the, the, the idea that she created this is insane for me hmm. like how she decided to portray the idea of dementors and it's basically her depression like speaking yeah. in that way and i like the emotions that she put is just i i honestly feel like it got me through a lot i remember once i was uh it was i was reading the fourth book mm-hmm. and i was so kind of like scared of that part when where cedric dies because Again, Cedric in the books is actually worthy mm. of like sadness and respect for his death. Mm. But Cedric in the movie is just a jock. Like yeah. you don't really relate to him in any way. He's just the popular kid. He's the handsome one. Everybody li- likes him, and yeah. that's it. But in the book, he actually wants to help Harry. He yeah. actually, he's decent. He's loyal. Yeah. See, he's this is this is this goes back to the, to my question where book versus movie characters definitely how even in the movies they change not only the storyline to make it shorter but they change the dynamic of the characters some of the characters that's true and they made them unlikable like they don't communicate with with each other as much like victor crumb as well he really put effort with hermione he was waiting in the library for her like they did not show these parts yeah just show him showed him as like a stuck-up person yeah and hermione Hermione would not fall in love with that kind of person. Exactly. Like she was interested because he put that effort and they did not It's like, oh, there's this entire. guy that everyone is crushing on. Yeah. And so I'm going to date him because exactly. everyone wants him. And also, I want to make Ron jealous. Yeah. Like, this is how it was portrayed in the movies. And in the book, it's completely different because yeah. you understand the full dynamics. I mean, even like the how the relationship between Ron and Hermione developed. Like, it's in the books, regardless of how spiteful J.K. Rowling was, <laughs> but it's in the books. Like, this is why people who haven't read the books are missing out. Yeah, I am sorry about that. Like, maybe we can later on talk just Dude, about You don't movies, have to no. read the book. You can listen to the books. You have, oh two, God, you have two perfectly good authors. Personally, I'm a Stephen Fry. Is he the one that does Frey? accents? Yeah. <gasps> I, I mean, him. there's Jim Dale as well. They say he does accents, but I don't know. I didn't like his, his tone. I kind of liked the tone of uh, Stephen Frey better. Frey Frey. I don't I know how I it's pronounced. Jim Jim Dale. Yeah, Jim Dale. I think he read it for the American book because there's two versions. He read it in British, obviously, but uh, there's two versions of the book. There's the American one. There's the British one. Yeah, uh, but Stephen like read the British one, which uh, and I also prefer his voices better. I think, why am I going with Jem Dill? I think because there was uh, a feud between J.K. Rowling and Stefan, mm. uh, where uh, he, was, he was like recording her book, the first one, and she was so excited that her book is going to be like an audio book, and she was there and everything. And he, you know, said like, 
oh, that's your first book, like, good luck or something like that. And she kept it in her heart <laughs> because, like, I love how she is. Like, she made a, he made a snarky comment. He yeah, to it. and, like, that's the Slytherin part of her because, <laughs> like, um, he was... Uh, it, there's there was this word that was difficult for him to say. Mm. He pocketed it. Mm. Okay, when Harry put something in his pocket, he pocketed it. Okay, mm. it was very difficult for him to say that he called the author. He called J.K. Rowling and she said like, "Can you just switch it?" <laughs> and uh, she was so pissed off. She's like, "No." And that word came out in the other books. Were like more like every single time she wanted Harry to put something in his pocket, it was he pocketed it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why I kind of like gravitated into the other and guy. And he read all the books, so like and he had to read all the book in every single time. She but made I prefer sure that word is. But there. I do prefer his tone over Jim Dale mm-hmm. because if, to me it feels like more sto- like bedtime story. I'm not sure like which one I heard. I have to. And I love I, I love story. listening to them before I go to bed. It's like a beautiful bedtime story. I love it. They make like, I feel McGonagall sleepy. like sounds Scottish. I don't know. The way he does Hagrid is so accurate. It's oh, uncanny. I love the way that they... Even, like, Fleur, when they, they speak the way that they're speaking. Mm. Because, like, she's French. Yeah. Character. This is why I love audiobooks. It puts yes. you even more... It immerses you more. A lot of people say, say, like, I hate audiobooks. It's like, it's the best of both worlds. You can multitask. You don't have to put the book down. You can just listen to it. And that's but sadly, thing, like, some narrators don't do a good job yeah. of, like, immersing you into the world. It's very bland and very monotone. That just puts you off, and you're like, I'm just gonna read it. Like, I made a friend of mine re- like listen to the entire Harry Potter. He said that it helped him it, with his driving because, like, he used to have like road rage, mm. and he was listening to Harry Potter in the car. This is me it with made podcasts. Me. Yeah. This is why I started like now. I I like to listen to music while I drive, mm-hmm. but I noticed that when I'm listening to music. I tend to drive subconsciously based on the beat that I'm listening to. So if I'm listening to like rock music, mm-hmm. I'm driving at a little bit aggressively. of a, a little bit of a faster pace, not aggressively, but a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm li- listening to like chill music, like Louis Capaldi or whatever, um, I'm driving a little bit more relaxed, more calm. If I'm listening to a podcast, I'm just like completely zoned out to the people around me. I'm like, you know what? You can cross me. You can like yeah. drive like a maniac. I don't care. If you go, like, really crazy, of course, I'm going to curse you out because you're driving like an absolute maniac. But, like, if I get get stuck in traffic, mm-hmm. I don't mind. I'm enjoying the podcast that I'm listening to. They're yes. talking about an interesting topic. It's, like, it's fine. And that's why if you're not reading the books, you can listen to the books. Yeah, and even if the topic on the podcast is, like, like it hits hard. Like, I was listening to your podcast Yeah. while I was driving the other day, the one about work. Oh, yeah. And I could, like, relate to it. So, like, I was heated, but I was, it wasn't showing in my driving. But, like, I was heated with it. I'm like, I can, I can connect to this. Like, working in an, in an environment where the people with you are jerks. <laughs> like, ha- how hard it is to work with people who are, like, it feels like high school. Yeah. High co- There's a song, High School Never Ends. And it's just so, it never such does. a It never point. does. Yeah. Thank you for plugging that in. Like, people now... G- Go and listen to the first podcast that I make. It's about work. It's so relatable, you guys. Go listen to it. I was heated the whole time because, like, I could relate so badly to the topic. <laughs> I got so heated. But, like, it helps because, like, this is the beauty of podcasts. This is the beauty of audiobooks. This is the beauty. When you hear someone's tone, yes. how they're reading it would have been different. Had you written it down, I wouldn't have felt the same emotion. Mm-hmm. I would have probably been like, yeah, that's relatable. But listening to how 
like the tone rises and falls. How you were like you can hear it in your voice where you were angry about it, even though it happened a long time ago. You told yeah, me five years. Yeah, listening to it is different because it really puts you in that situation where you're like, yeah, I feel exactly <laughs> the same. Like it sucks. Like, and it, it it helps you connect with the person reading it or talking about it. Where it's like, yeah, I'm not the only one going through this experience. Like other people go through their experience too. Like it's normal. And that's why I loved like your podcast, the one uh, I didn't listen to. The, the the one about the work environment mm. I'm gonna get to that soon but like the one that we just created the fandoms because mm. it's all about connection it's about, all about relating mm. like if we're not relating to all of these characters it's mm-hmm. just not gonna work mm. and um, I feel like I need to wrap up <laughs> but um, you can never stop with Harry Potter and fandoms I thank you guys for listening this is Eve and enjoy the rest of your day bye <laughs> <laughs>